0: All right. Hello. And welcome to another episode of the Intramarine podcast. I have a guest on today, Daria. I'm very excited. She's actually the first female guest I've had on my podcast. So, very excited about that. I've reached out to a few people uh, to no avail. So, after a good six months or so, and probably, I don't know, at least a handful of male uh, guests, we finally have a female on. So, I will let Daria introduce herself. She's a content creator uh, holistic lifestyle promoter. Um, but I'll just, I'll let you do your own little intro here.
1: Yeah. Thank you so much, Andrew, and happy new year to everyone who's listening and, um, just thank you for having me on. I'm yeah, I live in Colorado currently. I'm originally from Florida, a holistic health coach and, and really just supporting people in, healing their bodies naturally and their mind emotionally specifically women who have been through abuse and addiction and are just looking to really just take the natural route and reconnect with their bodies and then met Andrew on through TikTok and we've just been connecting these last few months and love everything you speak into Andrew I think bring awareness to a lot of important things that I feel like most people don't think that in-depth about. So I'm excited to have this conversation. Yeah.
0: Likewise. Yeah. So I guess starting out, do you mind just giving a little background on what got you to the place that you are now with mindset-wise, physically, emotionally, spiritually, mentally, everything, if you just want to kind of run through whatever you want to share about your life leading up to this point?
1: Yeah, that's a great question. So I think throughout college, you know, I binge drank, I was on pharmaceuticals, I was um, getting into not the healthiest relationships. And then honestly, one day, it hit me with my health. And I was tired of also feeling like crap with my body with what I was just putting in my body, and whom I was surrounding myself with and everything. And hit rock bottom at a point, couldn't pay for money, uh, couldn't pay for rent or groceries in college. And then, and parents completely stopped talking to me. So I went through that pain and that struggle. And then I was like, you know what? Like I have to take ownership of my life and I have to take action if I want to be anywhere in my life in five years and not be stuck in this mentality and this cycle. And So it was really like my health that pushed me to where I am today to like wanting to serve people in this way. And then, yeah, I just graduated college and then I moved my car, I packed my car, moved cross country to Colorado to start this new chapter of my life, to heal, to connect with people, to just be in a different environment and really experience nature on a different level. And I think you know, I'm a human being too. So like, there are days that I wake up where I don't want to do certain things. And I think the commitment to my own goals and just leaving a legacy on this planet and helping people, I think is what drives me forward every day. That's why I wake up. So does that kind of answer your question? Yeah,
0: Yeah, certainly. Yeah. I feel like with that sort of growth trajectory, it almost becomes like an exponential thing as well when you've been on one side of things and then you start to realize that you can change and you can make changes here and now and shift things here and now and you do have I think there's kind of a misconception that I talk about sometimes between the difference between like influence and control and like the idea of control being like outcome focused outcome based and when it comes to control we don't really have much control over outcomes what we do have though is influence here and now and like the here and now which is something i talk about all the time it's like what and who we truly are at the end of the day is the only place we can take action so i think a lot of people get caught up in being outside of now through their mind whether you know longing for a past experience or a situation in their life which causes feelings like depression or worrying about a future situation in their life which leads to things like anxiety. And at the end of the day, both of them are made up situations. And and something I get caught up on sometimes if if there's like a path, past place in my life or, or something I'm looking forward to, kind of like longing for one or the other and realizing that that place that I was at where I was very much at peace is this place here and now and it's it's almost like being here and now without that sort of distortion. Um so I don't know if you if you've seen that as well and just being more mindfully in the now which technically we always are whether we're thinking or or worrying about the past or the future. Um has that been a, a big part of your shift as well, is that understanding?
1: Oh, absolutely. I mean, I've and I love what you how you use this because this is how I describe it to people as well. It was just like if you're anxious, you're worrying about the future. If you're depressed, you're worrying about the past. And yeah, and you know, it's been a constant battle with me, internal battle to, you know, there are painful experiences that happen in our lives. And then we dwell on them and we think about them a lot and we miss the person or we miss the experience or the person that we used to be. And then that causes us to be stagnant and depressed, you know, and I can speak into this because I am a human and I've experienced it myself. And then I think, <clears throat> For me i've also battled a lot of anxiety because i'm always worrying about the next thing you know even in today's society i call it the shiny object syndrome it's like what can i get next like what can i buy next what can i have next instead of just being content where we really are and being grateful for our basic necessities and i think for me at least with where i'm at now and the tools that i've learned in the last i'd say three to four years presence to me is through meditation and meditation could be you rock climbing it could be running it could be doing yoga like it could be something that puts you in a flow state and for me it's also been mushrooms you know and I know Andrew you've had some mushroom experiences but that's every time I come out of a mushroom journey or um, even LSD back in college I would be like wow you know I need to be more present in the present moment, cause my mind, it's our, our minds take over and we're all over the place. And I think the brain is also extremely fascinating to me, how like we operate and the things we choose and like the habits, the rituals, like all of that. It's just, it blows my mind. So yeah, like presence in the breath. I think when we're connected to our breath, we're, we're here now.
0: Yeah. I love that. I like the shiny object syndrome take. Um, I think about that a lot. And just the idea of how as humans, it's like we're programmed to always want more and strive Mm -hmm. for more. And I think I've thought about this a little bit. I was actually talking to my mom. I'm I'm trying to kind of like open her up to the world of psychedelics a little bit, not even to try them, but just to like understand them. And I talk about how we as a society are kind of a product of not directly necessarily. It's not like drugs are the only thing like about society, but it's interesting how there's a specific drug being alcohol that we have kind of like fully accepted and put on a pedestal. It's super like normal to drink heavily twice a week, every single week. And that leads to feelings of depression, anxiety. It's very identity driven and focused, the way you act, the way you feel afterwards, like hangovers are all about identity and and your perception of yourself being, you know, the truth and whatnot. Whereas, you know, if, if in a, you know, parallel dimension, parallel universe, like everything was the same, but mushrooms were the drug of choice, then I think our society as a whole would be just a much different environment. And one of the things that I've experienced on mushrooms is just more clearly an appreciation for what I have an appreciation for what is here. And now understanding that like, that's it at the end of the day, anything, you know, you want anything you're striving for at the end of the day, most people want just freedom from the distortion and illusions that cloud their experience here and now. And that's all that anything we're striving for is. So once you realize you can have that, like you are that here and now it opens up the doors to being able to experience anything and everything you want, because you can not out of a sense of lack or need to accomplish something. It's just doing it because you can, because you are here now and you have the capability rather than this feeling of lack, like you, like you have to almost.
1: Yeah. And I think it's definitely those, it's like how we talk to ourselves too, you know, because instead of saying like, I have to go and do this, it's like, I get to go. And that's like, there's so many things online about mindset and manifestation. I love the TikToks you've been putting up just about the spiritual spirituality. Cause it's true. You know, it's like, no, like we're just, we're just these, these bodies like here. And it sounds funny, but like truly like it's, it's almost like in this society and, and like you mentioned with the drinking, it's like this entitlement to like, I am bigger, better, more, faster, stronger, or whatever. And, um, I think that once we all just take a deep breath as a society and really like come down to humble ourselves, um, I think that's, that's where the world will will shift. And I, and I do believe that the world is going in that direction with mushrooms, you know, where it's becoming more normalized. I mean, I live in Colorado it's decriminalized in Denver and there's so many people I've met out here that are either growing or into um, like psychedelic research and they've been to conferences. Like I was looking into a conference actually in New York, you know, and so it's just slowly people are returning back to nature. And I believe that, like when somebody call classifies psilocybin mushroom as a drug to me, I, I kind of laugh because it's, it's truly nature. Like it comes from earth, great documentary, go check out fantastic fungi. If you have not already watched it, it will change your life. Um, but yeah. And, and to really remember that we are not separate from nature, like we are nature, you know, and coming home to that because with these, uh, Concrete jungles <laughs> that we built for ourselves are gonna kind of get lost in 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 the darkness.
0: <laughs> yeah, certainly. Yeah, it's very interesting. I find and and a lot of those sort of belief systems, especially you know religion or star seeds or anything, it's like this distorted view where you know I can't prove anything, but odds are like the Earth was created. Like, I don't know exactly what happened at the beginning, but I think there, I don't know if there was a beginning. And I think our, our perception of time is distorted to think that there had to be, you know, like a beginning of existence. Like what would be before that? What would be before existence, non-existence? Like what the hell would that look like? We would have no idea, you know? So I think, most likely like the earth was formed. It's a living, breathing thing, entity, planet, whatever you want to call it. And things evolved. And eventually we got to humans. Now, however, we started, there was, you know, a single celled organism and then there was a multi-celled organism. And then it evolved and evolved, evolved most recently through apes. And then the humans, it's like, odds are that's probably what happened. Like we came from the earth so a lot of these belief systems are talking about you know i'm this multi-dimensional planetary galaxy crossing organism that came to earth to save it it's like are you kidding me like who told you that's another question i love asking is who told you that story like you didn't come to these things on your own you didn't come to a belief system on your own typically you were afraid someone told you a story Believed in it and it made you feel better, and now you're turning around and preaching it because you're trying to help other people feel better. So, I think a lot of them at its Mm -hmm. core have decent intentions. But you know, when I see those videos, I'm like, there's no difference between this and like Snow White and the Seven Dwarves or like any Mm -hmm. sort of fairy tale, it's just a story that you heard that made you feel better. But I think it's important to realize that the stories we tell ourselves to help us feel better oftentimes are simultaneously making us feel worse or can make us feel worse when, you know, we feel like we've lost it or the identity that we've built up about ourselves that make us feel better, like, isn't what we thought. And at the end of the day, it's never what we think. Our perception is never the truth.
1: Yeah. So I guess I would ask then what is the truth or what is your truth?
0: (laughs) So I think, I don't think the truth can be stated in words because it isn't words, but I think the closest we can come and the universal understanding that we are some awareness here and now, like, I don't think people will say like, Oh, well, you know, your beliefs aren't any different than mine. Like everyone's beliefs are valid. And I think at the end of the day, like I don't really have any beliefs outside of, I am some awareness here and now. Like I don't even believe that I am Andrew. Like I am some awareness of the universe of existence right now. Beyond that, I don't really know anything. I think that is the closest to the truth that we can get because it's what we are experiencing. Like the truth is what is here and now. Like that's the best words I can use to describe it. But you know, I can't, I don't know. I'm not even like sure of that, but I think it's sort of this understanding of experience beyond belief. Um, so that's the best answer I can give.
1: No, that's, that's great. And I think that we're all just like humans having our own human experience. I love that you use like just the word that we're just like an awareness, you know, it reminds me of one of, I took some class in like two classes that specifically spoke about like the ego and the consciousness and awareness in like a course. And I can't remember the name of it, but it's it's to think that we have it all figured out, I think is very selfish, you know, to think that we know it all and that there's nothing ever left to learn. Like I'm going to be 80 years old, like still learning new hula hoop tricks and still reading books, you know, like it's, that's how we evolve. That's how we adapt. And that's how we shift as a society and as a whole. And then people that can't, you know, catch up to that or like live with the, that flow, then they don't survive.
0: Yeah. I think, I think questioning is something that becomes such a habit for me, like literally question everything. And there have been points in my life where I took time to question things like the beliefs I had about myself that right. changed everything. I had very like sh- beliefs. I was very sure of just like about myself it had nothing to do with like belief systems or religion, just myself. Like I didn't think I was a very good communicator. I didn't really like my voice. I didn't really like, you know, how I. I didn't feel like I was a very confident person, and I was like so sure of these things. And then I, you know, began to question it. I was able to. There was uh, last year, close to two years ago now. Uh, my boss had us record client calls, and I never thought I was very good at them. I always just thought that I was just like so-so. And even during it, I was like, oh, that didn't go super well. And then I listened to it back and like, I actually did very well. And I was just so clouded by my perceptions of myself that I couldn't even see until I was able to see it from sort of like a third person perspective that I actually was pretty good at communicating things and answering questions and blah, blah, blah. And that like shifted everything for me. That was like, the final thing I needed that was right before I started making content more frequently, and that was like what I needed. So even if you don't, you know, feel like you're in a place to question belief systems or whatever you believe in, like start questioning yourself. And it's not like I don't mean it in like a gaslighty way, like you, right. you know, don't understand right. things. It's just like yeah, question. I don't know, question everything. Like I, I think it's so important to do, and and it's how our society. Grows and progresses, so that's why I have no issue with stitching videos, and like I get called condescending and all that shit. But it's like, if no one ever had their beliefs questioned, like how would anyone change? Like, is it good to be stagnant, or is it not? And you know, good or bad is they don't exist either. Those are just based on our individual perceptions of the situation. But you know, I, I I just think questioning everything is very important, and yeah, it can get uncomfortable when you have an identity that is built off of a belief when it's questioned. It's like you're standing on a chair with a wobbly leg and all of a sudden someone kicks that leg and you kind of freak out.
1: (laughs) Oh my God. Andrew, you're literally speaking my, like what I think about on a day to day and like what I say, it's crazy. Yeah. I mean, curiosity, like ask why, like anytime, I mean, I grew up with my dad saying, I remember he looked me in the eyes and he was like, Daria, ask as many questions as possible in school and don't ever think that you're being annoying or you're asking too many. And I think that life is all about asking powerful questions. I mean, and that's a form of communication. And like, we aren't taught these such basic things and like skill sets, like personal like social skill sets in public school, for example, you know, like people struggle and then they go out throughout their whole life, getting themselves into relationships and situations and environments and experiences that don't shape maybe the perception they have in their head of like what success might look like or what they want their life to look like. And then, you know, turn around 30 years later, it's like, you know, 40 years, and, and this is no judgment. This is just like, I've met a ton of people this last year, and I just love being the observer and like seeing like different backgrounds of like people and the psychology uh, again around people's choices and habits. But yeah, like 40 years old, and like now learning about personal development and like relationships and like communication and consistency and all of those things. And just you got to seek the tools you know, to, to elevate your life and to live and embody the person that you want to become.
0: Yeah, Yeah, certainly it is, it is pretty wild how, you know, indoctrinated we get as a, at a young age into systems that are built off of control and manipulation and how little is focused on towards you know, understanding yourself and being that sort of, you just mentioned observer. And I think right. that above all else is kind of like goes along with like being the awareness of what is being the observer of what is like, that's as close as I can get to expressing like who we are at the end of the day. Like something I, I like to express to people is understanding that you know, when your mind starts racing or you start worrying or you start feeling afraid or or nervous, you aren't that entity which is nervous. You are aware that this human is nervous or that this human is worrying or that this human is having intrusive thoughts. Like you are not that which is having the intrusive thoughts. You are aware of it. So it almost like my entire life, basically up until this past July, when I sort of like had a very stark realization that maybe I'm not, you know. Just Andrew. Maybe I'm the awareness of Andrew and his environment equally. It, it kind of like goes from thinking that you are, you know, this human that is afraid and has things to gain and lose. And it's like you are them versus like being the awareness of them creates this little layer of separation that's just enough to not take everything so seriously, not take your thoughts so serious seriously, not take your Emotions so seriously. And it doesn't mean neglect them or feel like, you know, you shouldn't feel them or you shouldn't worry about them. It's just understanding that they're there and accepting them for what they are, understanding that, you know, they're not going to last forever. And the, the more quickly you accept them, the more quickly they'll pass through you, whether it's intrusive thoughts or emotions or anything, because at the end of the day, what you resist persists. So as long as you're fighting it, it's going to, it's going to stick around.
1: Yeah, exactly. And I love, and I, and I love telling people that, um, we store issues in our tissues. So if we're moving through all of those emotions and we don't move our body at least, at least six days a week, then, then like truly like that's how people come down with chronic illness and disease. And then they blame it on their genetics. And it's truly, for me at least, I've experienced health issues internally with my organs because of my repressed emotions. I've experienced neck pain and lower back pain because of stress and the emotions that I was repressing, whether it be anger. For example, anger we store in our jaw knees represent ego, lower back, money, hips, we store old emotion and fear. So it's like the anatomy and physiology of our body is, is fascinating. And I think that the more and more as a society that we reconnect with our body and our breath, the more at peace, the the, the whole earth will be, but it really truly starts with us.
0: Yeah, certainly. Yeah. I think, I think two things you just brought up the idea of the breath and utilizing the senses. Like a lot of people ask me all the time, like, how do I be present? And it's like, at the end of the day, you're always present, no matter what you're doing, whether you're worrying about the past or the future, whether you're thinking you're doing it in the present, you can't escape the present moment except for attempts through your mind. But at the end of the day, you are present, but I understand what they're asking, you know, when, when your mind is racing and whatnot. And I think one of the best things or few things you can do is focus on your breath, focus on your senses. You know, what can you see in the room right now? What can you smell? What can you hear? Like focusing on that breath because all of those things are happening now. They can't not happen now. You can't smell something outside of the now. You can't see something outside of the now. You can't hear something outside of the now. They're all happening now. So focusing on those can be incredibly helpful. And then the other part with exercise and and movement, I think for me, like my main form I lift weights but like my main form of cardio is just walking like I just love going on walks I walk a ton. You're always I'm...
1: walking in New York.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like if you watch my TikToks they're always basically walking around New York. I'm I'm grateful I live in a, you know, walking city. But mm-hmm. I think it can be super helpful and I've had times in my life I actually so one of my trips um it was one of my higher dose mushroom trips and it was the only one that was kind of like more of a sobering trip like i i didn't come out of it feeling like amazing because of my perception of it i went into it it was the second time i tripped and the first time was 3 gram like on a higher dose first time was 3 grams second time was 4 grams so i figured you know if i take 4 grams it's going to be like the same thing as 3 grams just i would go deeper and that was <laughs> like i no longer have any expectations of any trips i go on because i think that was what sort of led to that. I'm not even going to call it a bad trip because I actually did end up, you know, learning and understanding more through it, but having those expectations, I had, you know, an expectation of what it was going to be like. And I came, the main sort of understanding from it is just like, I very, very clearly saw that like, none of this ultimately matters. Like everything's just happening. But I took that whereas I usually take that in the optimistic, like the optimistic nihilism side, like nothing matters. So do whatever you want, do it because you can, it was like, nothing matters. So like, why do anything? And I wasn't feeling like I was feeling kind of down about it. And then I went on a walk and like, you know, four hours in or whatever, when I wasn't tripping anymore as much, I just walked around. I came across after 30 minutes, I came across a new part of New York that I'd never come across before. And I was like, Nothing matters, but this, this is why like this experience, like what you can do so many things in this life as a human, like we have so many capabilities and like, that's the point doing things here and now doing things that excite you, doing things that make you enthusiastic, doing things that you enjoy at the end of the day, that's it. And for me, going back to the exercise part, like walking, I think can help. And more recently I've been Walking with like not listening to anything or not listening to music or anything and just kind of like allowing my self to be that observer of my thoughts and I find that like they get quieter and quieter every day as I'm just like aware of my surroundings without you know the need for anything layered on top or any of that distortion or. Distraction from the moment, I guess.
1: That is, I love that, and oh my gosh, that's something I experienced. I remember in college too that awareness of like just the beauty of silence and like what I was muse, what I was using in terms of music and like the genre of the music and the vibration and the sound and the beats per minute of the specific songs that I was listening to, and I was like, wait, like life is so much peaceful sometimes when you just wake up and you don't hear anything, you know, or when you're walking on, if, you know, people are in college and they're listening, if you're walking on campus or if you're walking in the grocery store, I mean, sometimes I see people like grocery shopping with headphones. Now I understand that, but like, damn, I don't think I've ever done that. (laughs) You know, like, I don't know, just, and, and I think that stems from us just as a society being way too addicted to our phones. I mean, we're walking cyborgs for God's sake, you know, like we have Apple watches, like where are the holograms at? <laughs> I've been waiting for that, you know, like it's a big part of our life. And like, I was in nature like a month and a half ago, hiking with my friend and we took some mushrooms, we microdose. And what I, I I remember at a time I was like, oh my God, like do you ever think about how we go to our phone for safety? You know, like, think about how long could you survive in a public setting without a phone? Like, what would you, you would do? And then that makes me think about how we are so conditioned to our phones that we like struggle with making decisions in life. You know, some people are brave and I'm about to go and do this in like April is just like buy a, a one way to a different country with no job or anything and figure it out. And like, it's possible. And I think that that strips people of their ego and makes you such a humble, like compassionate human being, like just having that type of experience kind of off topic, but in topic, you know? So,
0: (laughs) Yeah, no, I mean, everything's in topic on here, Um, but I think, yeah, that whole idea, I think the overarching sort of theme of that, that I, have come to a more clear understanding is like the becoming comfortable with discomfort and there's so many situations and you know with our phone as you mentioned it's like a a safety tool and there have been times when I've been very aware of that and like even at a party or in a conversation when you're talking to someone and there's like a lull in the conversation like all of a sudden everyone gets like super uncomfortable and they're like oh, this is like awkward. No one's saying anything. It's like, no, it's not. That's just your, yeah. It's like, that's just your perception. You, you are labeling it as awkward. It's not objectively awkward. It's just something that's happening. And that silence that you mentioned is okay. Like when you become comfortable in silence or comfortable in not knowing or comfortable in difficult situations or discomfort, it's not necessarily going to happen overnight, but if you can get to a point where you become more and more comfortable in difficult situations, in silence, in, you know, things that people would label as awkward, like you're no longer uncomfortable, like you're comfortable all the time. And it comes back to, to you and your perception of things and understanding that, you know, you are simply that observing presence, that awareness, like there is nothing you have to gain or lose all of, all of gain and loss and fear and desire, Are ego driven because you think you are something that could do those things. Like you think you are this identity that you have built up. But at the end of the day, like that identity is nothing more than just like everything that's ever happened to you up to this moment right now. But you are this moment right now. So if you aren't all of those past experiences and you are just what is right now, then like are you just this human or are you more so this observing presence here and now that is sort of, I don't want to say confined, but here like sort of aware of this human and their environment. But, you know, people ask like, well, you know, if I'm this human and you know, you were that human, then we can't be the same thing. It's like, that's only if you identify as that human and identity is conceptual and based on labels and, and understanding that you are this awareness here. Now there is no ego that goes along with that while at the same time to experience this, you know, illusion of duality that we are in, we sort of need identity, but I think you can understand that without taking it seriously and thinking that, you know, this is it like you can experience the illusion of duality while keeping in mind that it is just an illusion.
1: Wow. I am blown away. I was, I'm like, I was so into what you're saying because it's so, it's just such a deep reflection, you know? And like I said, I don't think that most people, like the average person doesn't think this in depth and really thank you so much for sharing. This is reminding me like a lot of what you're saying is, have you read the book, The New Earth?
0: By Eckhart Tolle. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Okay. So a lot of what you're saying is kind of coming from that in a sense. And it's, and I've been saying this lately is like, you know, who are you outside of all of the identities that you cling to and all of the accomplishments and all the titles and certifications and degrees and this not and, and it's like strip all of that, but like, who are you at the core? And we're just, it's, it all comes down to love. Like we're all just loving pieces of awareness, (laughs) like in other words, you know, and to think that we're, we're separate from each other in this dualistic world. And especially kind of right now with not even to like get political, but like, you know, with what's going on in the world and what's been going on in the last two years, there is a lot of separation that's been happening, you know, the isolation and like, don't hug people. And it's like, some, sometimes it's truly saddening with what's with what's happened, but I believe that we have to like go through this and move through this as a collective to really awaken to ourselves and that we are all equal. And that separation is truly an illusion.
0: Yeah, certainly. Like we, we come into this world thinking we are one, like as babies, the reason they, you know, freak out and cry when their parents leave is because they don't know that they are separate. They think they are the same thing. And we're sort of taught this concept of separation and duality. And I think something that I like to talk about is is the idea of empathy. And people think of people everyone has their own, you know, idea of what empathy is. But I think like true empathy when it comes down to it is understanding that if you traded atom for atom, experience for experience with someone else, you would act exactly as they do, like you are them. And, and people, when I say that they're like, okay, yeah, like I, I guess, but then you would just be them. So of course you would make the same decision. And I'm like, yeah, exactly. Cause you are them when you go past, you know, the uh, person or the identity that they built up, the form that they have and all of their past experiences and all of their upbringing, like that is sort of like what creates this idea Of ourselves. But if you strip that back, like you just mentioned, you strip back all those things and you realize like we are just this awareness of what is here and now that awareness, the same awareness across the board, the awareness of the universe experiencing itself. So the only thing that separates us is our perceptions and the fictions that we tell ourselves, like what we are taught, that we are taught, that we are This human, And, you know, there are things that are mine and things that are yours. And, and those are the things that we are taught throughout our lives and and conditioned into believing and conditioned into believing in things. And, you know, people will call me, you know, an, an atheist for not believing in, you know, a God sitting up in the sky. But it's like, if we weren't taught about religions or conditioned into believing them, like, there wouldn't even need to be a word for atheist, you know, like, and, and, you know, I, I've kind of gotten, I think a little bit past that to understanding that like, I am God and, and so is everyone listening to this. And, you know, so are you like, we are what is, you know, God is everything and everywhere as the Christians even say. So like God is everything and everywhere and we are something within everything Like, doesn't that mean that we're God, or is there something else I'm missing? And people are like, Oh, well, he's right next to me, or whatever. And I'm like, First of all, why do you think he's a He? Like, that's your conditioning. And it's like, if He is everything, that's us too. And, but that, you know, cuts down the entire belief system, that understanding, but it's kind of like it's logical. To think it's like the logical approach to it, even through what they're teaching.
1: Yeah. And it comes down to also just questioning everything, you know? It's like, did did that person and as ridiculous as this might sound for some, like I cannot walk on water. Therefore, do I believe that somebody walked on water? Personally, no, but I do believe there is a person that was named Jesus that existed. Now, do I need to praise that? Do I, need, I praise earth <laughs> and call me a hippie, you know, call, you know, label, label, whatever you want to label. But just like, I, again, like what you said, like we come from the earth. So I just believe that we're a part of nature. And like, I would like to live on a planet where we praise wasting less food and plastic. And so we can all survive and live longer and a quality life on this beautiful planet that we've created for ourselves. And I think that this deep compassion, not only stems from me growing up half my life, visiting my grandparents in Poland while they had a garden, but mushrooms, allowing myself mushrooms. I mean, guys, there's so many articles out there, just type in psilocybin, uh, helping, helping treat depression. You know, and, and it's, it creates new neurological pathways in your brain and synapses. So you get to experience and access a different part of your brain that you might have never even knew, uh, knew existed, you know, and not even to make this all about mushrooms, but again, when we come back to nature, we come back to ourselves and we're able to truly like love one another compassionately and unconditionally, regardless of somebody's upbringing or beliefs or conditioning.
0: Yeah, certainly. Yeah. I mean, we can talk about mushrooms as much as you want, (laughs) because I'm always down to talk about them. And I think just like the theme of what we've been talking about is like peeling back, you know, our perceptions and, and beliefs. And I think, you know, I think sometimes people give mushrooms like too much credit if they're you know tripping and they have certain thoughts, it's like, oh, I was just high or I was just on mushrooms. And it's like, no, that was that is who you are. That those are your thoughts when you get rid of all of the fogginess, when you clear out the fog, when you peel back all the layers that you have built up throughout your life. And I think you know, mushrooms are a huge, will play a huge part in that capability because it does allow you. I like to use the analogy of, you know, if someone who is very like never questions anything, very sure of, of everything. They have maybe like 15 layers, whereas someone who, you know, questions everything, maybe have like nine layers or something. And so mushrooms just peel back a few of those layers. And like, the more you take, the more it kind of peels you back. So someone with 15 layers, mushroom maybe will allow them to experience the world with only 10 layers instead of 15. And they're more able to clearly see things without the fog and distortion of their judgments and perceptions and beliefs and and be that observing presence beyond that. And I think that's why mushrooms, like such a huge part of them is like kind of grounding you in the presence. And I think that's how we are able to appreciate more just because it's not like it's adding anything to us. It's just peeling us back and allowing us to see what is here and now. And when you are able to see what is here and now, there's such a greater appreciation because you're like, holy shit, you know, things aren't so bad. Like those really are all just my perceptions of how things are, but you know, things are okay. I am okay. And when, when you're living very much with like a ton of layers, it's can be more difficult to see that because you just have these concrete perceptions and beliefs about, about everything.
1: Yeah. And I think sticking to those belief systems in life can really prevent us from experiencing maybe the life we want to live or to, to, to fully experience life as what is, you know, because if I was sitting in, uh, in my belief system of, oh, well, I can't do that because my mom told me I can't, or it's not safe for the rest of my life, then I'm going to live my whole life like that. Prime example for you you know, I had back surgery for scoliosis back in the eighth grade. So I have like two titanium rods, 20 some screws in my spine. My whole life, my mom told me, Daria, don't go skiing. Don't go snowboarding. You were going to hurt yourself. You could get paralyzed. Like what if you fall and break a bone? Like it's not safe, but so it I lived in this constant fear and anxiety of like, oh, I can't experience that for myself because I know I will just, something's going to happen. Like I don't trust myself with this. And then I I snowboarded last December for my first time. And at the very top, I started just bawling my eyes out. And I was like, oh my God, I'm literally going to (laughs) die. Like, you know, I was scared for my life. And, you know, I ended up getting down the mountain, okay, and everything. But just that moment of release, of literally releasing that belief system and what was pushed on me for so long and just feeling so free of like, I am my own person. Like, I can do whatever it is that I want to do. You know, not what is acceptable or what my parents told me to do. And I think a lot of people also go throughout life. And I know I was at a point myself where I was doing this, but really pursuing a career or a passion that isn't truly their own, you know, because they want to make their parents happy or make their partner or their friends or someone else happy about themselves, or that's what they were told what success is growing up. And then again, turn around 35 and it's like, oh my God, I was working for corporate and I hate my life. I have no idea what I want to do and what brings me true fulfillment and joy because I wanted to just make my parents happy, you know, and I, and, and I think self-awareness is really the key to just everything, everything in life is how self-aware are we? How well are we able to pull ourselves outside of ourselves from a third person perspective? non-judgmentally and be like, hey, like you did this, let's take a look. What's working? What's not?
0: Yeah, certainly. I think any fears that we experience are based on beliefs that we have taken too seriously and believe to be true. And, And something that I have experienced in my past and like when I was going through more extreme social anxiety, like especially in high school, I was extremely quiet because I, it wasn't even that I wanted people to like me. I just didn't want people to not like me. So I figured, oh, well, in order to get them to not like me, I just, if I just don't express myself, then they can't really have an opinion. And then no one can dislike me. And it's like, when I say it out loud, it's like, what the fuck? That's such a strange way to live. But it's like, when you're in that mindset, it's, it's things don't always make sense. So when it wasn't until I started questioning that, it started with like, why do I care so much? Like everyone has their own human experience to live. Like, why do I care what someone else's opinion of mine is? And then beyond that, I started to realize that just like people aren't thinking about me as much as I thought. And that was one of the most freeing realizations that I had. Like I just thought about myself and how often I spend my day thinking about someone else's life versus my own. It's like, you know, it's, it's not meant to be portrayed in like a selfish way. Like, oh, you're always thinking about yourself. It's just the reality of it. Like people aren't spending even, you know, five, 10, 15% of their days thinking about another person when you actually boil down, like out of the, you know, 16, 17 hours that you're awake, like how many of those minutes are spent on someone that isn't you? It's like so few. It's like insanely few. It's like a few passing thoughts about other people. Well, that's more than likely the same with everyone across the board. So there isn't even very much judgment, many judgments that are being had. So, and then when you do come across people who have, you know, a passing judgment of what you're doing, like almost every single time it's rooted in insecurity because they feel like, you know, they maybe aren't living how they want to. So they have to try and bring people down to their level and, you know, make it more of an equal playing field through their mind. But I think at the end of the day, like understanding that just people aren't spending very much time judging people aren't spending very much time thinking about you. And if you can live your life with the understanding of that and really live it in a way that's like thinking that no one is judging you period. Like that's how you truly, you know, want to live your life. Like that's where you find your passions and what you enjoy doing when it's beyond that distortion of your beliefs of other people's judgments or any beliefs period. So just comes back to, to questioning them.
1: Wow so true so true and I think also the majority of where that all stems from is our childhood you know it's how we were brought up and I think that even like you were mentioning you were quiet the quiet one in high school like I would even question and say you know in your household with your parents were there would you consider that the majority of the time when you were to speak your truth or voice an opinion that you were either shut down or um, laughed at or, you know what I mean? Just kind of like, well, that's like, like you felt unimportant or what you were saying was not worth to speak up about in the future, you know? And then that caused you to be more quiet in high school or college because you didn't want to be discerned.
0: Yeah. Um, I wouldn't say, I think mine was, yeah. Like my parents like never really did that. Like they took good care of me and whatnot. Um, growing up, I think a lot of it was like just internal, there may have been certain situations like at school or with friends, but like for the most part, it was like, I was living a fiction inside of my mind and like, none of it, or most of it like wasn't actually happening in reality. I was just creating this fiction that people, you know, thought certain ways about me because I thought certain ways about myself and it was just like projecting my beliefs about myself. So like most of it was like very much internal. Like my mom saw some of my videos like a few months ago where I talked about how in high school, like I was always worried about what people thought, blah, 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 blah. And she was like, didn't even know. And she got like very emotional because I just kept it all inside. It was all like an experience that I had just like literally within my mind. And I I didn't even understand until like through college, what like experiencing the present was. Technically I always was, but the, the idea that there would be a point in my life where I wouldn't be constantly worrying about the future or worrying about what people thought of me. Like I probably couldn't even have comprehended that when I was going through high school. So I think, I think it definitely is like personal to each person, but even if it's coming from someone else or experience you had with other people or an experience you had with yourself, like coming back to questioning them and understanding that your thoughts about Reality, your thoughts about the truth, your perceptions about what is here and now are never the truth. So the more often you can question them and understand that they aren't the truth, I think the more peace and capabilities you will have to go beyond all of those limiting beliefs that you have about yourself and the world around you
1: yeah and thank you for sharing I the same thing kind of happened to me with my mom is for me it was just like with my um my body image and like my own insecurity of not feeling that I am enough or beautiful enough and then when I shared that online as well or even to her she was like what why didn't you ever come to me and like, tell me. And I'm like, because I was living in my own world, you know, like we, we have to feel safe somewhere to be able to open up about these, these deep insecurities that that we all have within us. Like everybody is a reflection of each other there. Everyone is afraid of not being rich enough, pretty enough, cool, you know, smart enough. Like we, we all have these emotions, these, this energy and motion that passes through us in our lives. And I think finding a like-minded community that is, that is either moving through this awareness or um, just trying to develop themselves into deconditioning those parts of themselves is, is very important for an individual's growth. It's, it's really finding that community, whether it be online or in person, but finding people who really see you you know, cause a lot of us go out through our, our lives, not feeling seen, loved, heard, or supported. So when we find that create community, we kind of create that family for ourselves.
0: Yeah, certainly. Yeah. I mean, at the end of the day, it comes down to you, but your environment plays a massive factor in that. And yeah. your environment can ha- certainly like help a ton with getting you to a point and, and seeing people and being around people who aren't you know, constantly tearing you down, but actually building you up. And instead of like the people around you being in that negative and you kind of like fighting against that current, like there, you can actually find people who are, you know, flowing with that current and like bringing you along to bring you to a place that you may not have been able to get to as quickly on your own.
1: We can go far together and we can go fast alone <laughs>
0: <laughs> certainly. I think that's that's a great point to end it on. Uh, I think we're just about an hour, if not over. But um, yeah, thank you so much, Daria, for coming on. This, I think this was an awesome conversation. I think people really enjoy it. Um, where can people find you on social media?
1: Yes, my Instagram is holistic underscore Daria. And um, I'm sure, Andrew, you'll like pop that down below or something in the, link the description. But Yeah, guys, feel free to reach out to me about anything in regards to psilocybin or functional mushrooms as well. Um, Just anything in general, I'm pretty open. So happy new year. Thank you, Andrew, for having me on. It was a great conversation and I hope this just inspires people and empowers them to take charge of their own life and health and just have a more deeper understanding of self and their own awareness.
0: Certainly. Yes. And I will tag all of that down below. And as Daria mentioned, feel free to reach out to her, anything related to holistic lifestyle, mushrooms, anything in general, she is a wealth of information. So thanks again for tuning in and I'll see everyone later.
1: Bye.